Talk to us now and go to the TNT Radio interactive live chat room at tntradio.live. Lighting the fuse for freedom. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Limbit Opic. This is the Limbit Opic Show on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. Welcome back to the Limbit Opic Show here on TNT. Today's News Talk, the home of free speech, where you only have to bring your cognitive abilities uh, so that uh, you hear the facts, you hear our opinions, and you form your own. All we ask is for you to exercise your right to think what you want. Then you can actually have the best from TNT. Uh, We don't spoon feed you propaganda dressed up as facts, uh, nor do we hold back on our opinions. We think that's a bit more authentic. You know where we're coming from, and then you can decide where you come from on these subjects too. Get involved, because as best I can, when we have time, I will share your opinions too uh, on the TNTradio.live chat. Uh, Just find the chat. It'll take you 30 seconds to get onto that. And oftentimes there's times there are serious side debates going on there, often quite divergent ones and sometimes heated ones too. I haven't got time to discuss everything that's there because there are so many of you on it, but I think you'll find a rich seam of kindred spirits. What do I mean by kindred spirits? People who think for themselves. That is the fight back for free speech that TNT exists to promote. Uh, Coming up in this hour, we have the Kung Fu Medic. Why is he called that? What's he about? And what is his particular take on the state of the world. We'll hear all about that uh, in a moment. Uh, I'll give you a a clue uh, that uh, he is uh, a fascinating individual who has been a former Lance Corporal uh, in the Royal Signals, which is a pretty impressive part of the uh, of the military in the UK. And he's also a former National Health Service paramedic and podcast host. He will give us great value. This hour is going to fly past, actually. Um, but uh, I want, before I go any further, I also want to tell you about something very exciting, which is coming up in our agenda here at TNT. I mentioned this before. Julian Assange uh, is experiencing, is going through another two-day public hearing that was announced for February the 20th and the 21st at the UK High Court right in the centre of London uh, to determine whether Julian Assange will have permission to appeal uh, against the charges which have been brought and and pressed against him, in fact, or whether he'll simply be extradited to the United States. The current status quo is, unless he appeals, he will be extradited to the United States for essentially blowing the whistle uh, on various uh, uh, antics by the UK and the United States governments. TNT will be at the Royal Courts of Justice, broadcasting and covering the entire two days Anything that happens there, you will hear on TNT, unabridged, undoctored, uncensored, and unpropagandized. Then TNT will broadcast from various locations throughout London, lighting the fuse for freedom. That's what today's news talk is all about. We believe that Julian Assange deserves a fair crack of the whip in terms of true objective debate. Obviously, uh, you can tell from my tone, I'm quite sympathetic to Julian Assange. I turned up in at least one of the WikiLeaks myself. Uh, what was revealed was absolutely true. It was quite amusing. It was a criticism of the former leader of the Liberal Democrats, actually. I said that Nick Clegg was incredibly thin-skinned and I've proved right as well because, well, <laughs> he wrecked the party. That was the other thing I had warned about. But Julian Assange is somebody who I think has provided a great service to the country and to the world. And perhaps that's why he's paying the price of having to defend himself and living essentially as a prisoner for many years now. 
will be there. And I hope that you'll find the coverage interesting. That's 20th, 21st of February. Uh, one other thing, uh, which is uh, uh, fascinating uh, in, in my view, uh, is that uh, quite a few of you have comments about the, the nature of the establishment, uh, why Donald Trump is being perhaps persecuted. Uh, perhaps you don't like him, but you still think he's been treated wrong. And of course, a lot of talk about uh, uh, Joe Biden as well. Before we go to uh, uh, the Kung Fu Medic, let's talk to Holly. Um, uh, Holly, welcome. How are you? Great to hear from. Really pleased to hear from you, Holly. I watch you with great interest, <laughs> listen to you and read you with great interest. Uh, and I think you're not very far away. You're in Surrey in the south of England, I understand. I am in Surrey, yes, in a nice little village. It's all very pleasant. Apart from one thing, which I, which is why I'm ringing. Um, my local dairy farmer, he's a lovely chap. He's got a herd of 500 cattle, dairy cows. Um, they had a vet in there just straight out of college and they tested the cows for TB. They found one positive and they've shut them down for 60 days. Horrendous. Why? So, so that means that they're going to throw over a million pints of milk down the drain and they get no compensation. It's just disgusting. The, this reminds me of when I was a member of parliament and with foot and mouth we killed yes. millions of animals even though no human oh, being okay. can experience foot and mouth uh, at most you have a few symptoms yeah. for 24 hours but it doesn't even qualify as a cold what is it about our society holly that means that farmers get it in the neck for this even though we're meant to be self-sufficient sustainable and green and uh we don't actually compensate them either which is another way of putting a uh, another nail in the coffin of british agriculture well, that's it. They're just putting the boot in, trying to shut people down and stop food production, aren't they? So I think it's up to us to really support the farmers and get out there and support your local farm if you have one, if you're lucky enough to have one. And anybody who's producing stuff locally, you just have to keep supporting them and not letting these ghastly people come in and ruin your businesses. It makes me very cross, Linda. It really does. <laughs> I can tell a million litres of milk, the best milk it's possible to have, in my view, it's chilled, unpasteurized <laughs> yeah. milk. Once it goes in, and I, it's probably illegal, but farmers used to give it to me all the time when I was in my constituency. No, you it can't. No, I go to different. another farm. I go to another farm where they have a Jersey herd, and they do raw milk from the farm gate, and it's just delicious, and it's so good for you. So support the farmers, uh, but, but, everybody. Get out there. <laughs> I'm very impressed. Don't tell me exactly where you are, because you shouldn't share too much. But what what would be a town which is roughly <laughs> near you? Oh, a big one. well, I'm going to say Dorking. <laughs> Dorking. Um, I'll tell yeah. you a town which is roughly near me. Dorking. Okay. I bet you're <laughs> oh within God. 10 miles of where I am right now. That we is... have a professional oh, that's quite worrying. We have professional studios uh, uh, where I am, but they're not oh. far from me. Who would have thought it? We're talking via oh, Australia. And we're probably 12 kilometers apart. That there will be a way I can find you. I'll tell you, drop me a line onto the email. And uh, I'm just I curious will. now, Holly. I'll probably try and convince you to come to the studio sometime. Uh, you're one of our most prolific, oh prolific authors. One day you'll be able to do a compendium book covering all the things that you said, Holly. And do keep it, do keep it going. Uh, long live the farmer. My first really proper job was actually on a farm uh, near Peterborough. 
uh, it was mainly arable okay. farm. It's my my late godfather's farm. So I, I grew up with with agriculture in my veins as well. Uh, so keep up the good work, Holly. And who'd have thought it? Who'd have thought it? Just like Gemma I said, a thunk few it. miles apart. And thank you very much. Who'd have thunk it? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, thank you as well, Holly. Uh, you could have simply said at the beginning, I don't believe it, which makes some sense to people who watch I British sitcoms. I don't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> Holly, great to speak have to you. Have a great you. day, and, then. Uh, I, I still okay. want you to be a guest at some point, perhaps on agriculture. That is Holly. And if you want to know more about Holly, go to our chat. She's often there. And... Uh, now we discover that she knows a lot about agriculture too, and she's probably 15 kilometres from the studios that we operate here in uh, South London, uh, in the UK for TNT as well. What, a, what an interesting world. Coming up next uh, is going to be the Kung Fu Medic. We'll find out all about him uh, right here on my Lemodopic show on TNT. Bringing you a worldview. I like to hear what's going on around the world. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Well then, uh, from one great contributor to another, uh, thanks, Holly, for calling in. That's made my day, actually. I've been trying to cajole you to call in for quite a long time. I'll get you into the studio next. Uh, make sure you follow the Julian Assange coverage as well. I'm sure you'll have a lot to say about that. Who we've got next is Kung Fu Medic. Uh, and uh, he has been a Lance Corporal in the Royal Signals, which is a very honourable part of the British military. Whether you like militarism or not, there's no doubt that people who serve in those parts of the military do very noble work uh, with very good intent. Uh, also former National Health Service paramedic, so experienced in two areas. Uh, welcome, Kung Fu Medic. Uh, is that what I call you? You, you can call me whatever you want, as long as it's not Kung Fu Panda, like uh, we uh, previously yeah. discussed before keep... coming on, which has the happened before. Is, now you've said Kung Fu Panda, I'm not going to get it out of my head. Oh, it's no. impossible. Just call me Matt. <laughs> I'll, I'll call you Matt, but I'll, I still I just quite quite like Kung Fu Panda because you're you're freeloading and branding, as we used to call uh, call that in the marketing world. Why, why are you called the Kung Fu Medic first, and then we'll find out a bit about your history. Uh, well, okay. So it was um, at the time when I set up my Twitter profile. I was I was a paramedic at the time, um, and I've I've always been into martial arts. So rather, I, I wanted to get a, um, a tag that wasn't too pretentious, which is difficult. But when I first joined Twitter, I had about fifteen followers, so I didn't expect it to um, to go as crazy as it was. So, but the actual tag is Medic Matt, um, but Kung Fu Medic seemed a little bit more appropriate at the time. I, I have been struggling with Twitter since they changed it to X and my phone got stolen. I've been desperately trying to reset it, partly because I want to promote my shows. That's my task for this afternoon, in fact. Uh, and when I first uh, got onto Twitter, I just put Lembitopic. But somehow, mysteriously, I'd get to 9,980 uh, followers and then suddenly it would go down again. There was a glass ceiling of some sort, mm, very mysterious, at 10,000. Maybe I was too much of a rebel even eight years ago. Uh, how many followers do you have now? Uh, just shy of 5,000, I think 4,920, I think. Um, but I, I was, I had a fair amount until the first cull on Twitter that happened right at the start where they wiped out pretty much everybody that was uh, a voice of dissent at the beginning. So I went from, you know, a few thousand right the way down to 500 because everyone just disappeared. So we all had to um, dust ourselves off and, and try to rebuild it all again and, and reconnect and, and stuff. So it's been um, it's been challenging. And we are still getting shadow banned and suppressed. I don't care what anyone says. Yeah, I, well, that's what I think has happened to me. Uh, it, it's inconceivable that I went from naught to 10,000 
in really a matter of months and I've never been able to get above that number. Maybe some kind of algorithm. I don't know. Charlotte, my producer, has promised to help me rehabilitate myself on X. So that's my big uh, challenge for this weekend, actually. Uh, so yeah. we understand why you're called Kung Fu Medic. Uh, tell us a little bit about your history, and then after the break, we're going to talk about the things that you care about. Uh, you've been in the NHS as a paramedic. You've also worked in the military. Uh, what was it like to be in the military? Let's start with that. Um, okay, so I, I initially joined the military back in '96. I, I just finished school, so I was 16 and a half, um, and uh, it was good. It was good. At the my father was in the forces as well, so I was kind of in that background of pad brat, as you could say. So I'm well travelled. But I have no roots and, and no kind of long-term friends. So there's always a, a trade-off with with these kind of alternative um, lifestyles that you can lead. So, uh, you know, it was good on that aspect. Um, I did just shy of, of six years. So I left just after I was 22. Um, I did six months in Kosovo. That was the only tour I did. Thankfully, at the time, there wasn't much war going on. Uh, so I, I unintentionally left the forces before the uh, the other serious, serious conflicts happened Kosovo was serious but nowhere near as bad as as the the you know um conflicts and stuff you know after after that but it, it was good I, I strongly recommend it for anybody especially when I was young so I didn't really have any direction I was relatively intelligent and smart but I didn't want to go to uh, secondary education or university or anything like that it wasn't as much of an option back then um it didn't feel like it anyway so um the, the military seemed like the the kind of next logical step really but I very quickly realized that I when I got into my early twenties, I, I kind of got out of the army what I was going to get, and I wasn't I wasn't green enough, which is the term. I didn't um, eat, sleep, and you know, devour the army in that way. Um, I had too many questions, uh, and and the army doesn't like you asking too many questions. They like you're asking questions, but they prefer you just to follow orders and shut up, really. Um, so it was a bit difficult to con kind of continue on in the military, and I didn't really see the point at the time. Um, so then I left. And, I was told um, that I was told I'm being told that, and not in a critical way, that the best soldiers lack imagination because they go to the war front without thinking too much about the potential consequences. Pretty much. I mean, I think this is why they try and recruit you at such a young age because you haven't uh, matured enough in in life per se. You're old enough to make up, you know, decisions, but I don't think you're you're experienced enough to recognise um, fear. And, and problems and things like that. But the army's very clever in um, in your basic training. They, they kind of not demoralize you, they break you down from a civilian um, and then build you back up to be a soldier. So that includes following orders without really questioning it and just following your orders, developing really good commandership with your friends. Um, and then, you know, wanting to do your bit for queen and country. Uh, some people may agree with that or not, but when you're in that environment, you are kind of indoctrinated into that system. Um, and what they very cleverly do is because you've gone through the same sort of uh, rigmarole as your friends, you, you don't want to let your friends down. So it turns into more of a thing of, I want to go and fight or I want to defend my country to be with my friends because I don't want to let my friends down and we've we've, we've developed such good relationships. I don't want to not do that. So they very cleverly use, I don't know if they tend intend to do that, but that's how it felt for me. It's psychologically, you don't want to leave your friends behind, full stop. Um, so that includes going to war or, or doing things that you wouldn't normally do because you don't want to be that guy that's, um, that's the weakest link in the chain for the team. So they have to get you young to, to, to you know, mould your thinking into military thinking. 
Uh, and you still see it now with people that have served longer periods of time where they've been fully in, I don't want to say indoctrinated, but institutionalized would be the best, better word. And the integration into Civvy Street after spending a period of time in the military is quite difficult because it's a completely different way of life. And unless you've experienced it, it's it's difficult to explain. I don't like to say to civilians, but it is difficult to explain. One minute you're being trained how to shoot people and work as part of a team and, and um, you know, do things and problem solve. And, and then you're just dumped back into Civvy Street where no one knows what you've done. No one gives you the respect, um, to, to, you know, towards what you've done simply because they don't know. Uh, and then very quickly you realise Civvy Street's a completely different uh, jungle. Um, and some people can you know, integrate back into Civvy Street quite well. Other people don't. So it's a hard one, man. Uh, did you, do you feel, I'm not going to ask you if you killed anyone or not. It's a ghost question. Do you feel that you were capable of killing people uh, on the basis of orders? Yeah, 100%. The thing is, though, is I, I, it's, it's a difficult question. And I know it's always the most poignant question that people want to ask people in the military, have you ever killed anyone? And the, and the straight answer is nine times out of 10, if they have, they don't want to talk about it because you're asking them to conjure up one of the worst memories they've spent years trying to, you know, get over. Um, so be mindful of that. You could trigger certain things. Yeah. And if they do get a little bit funny with you, imagine someone saying to you, tell me about the worst experience of your whole entire life. Because most people aren't happy about having to, you know, shoot anyone full stop. But when it's between you and them and you can see the whites of their eyes and this, that and the other, all you're thinking about is, is getting home to your family. So unless you're in that situation, no one can really just sort of describe it or just they can discuss it. But I, I feel that it's, you know, unless you're there and you're, you know, you have that 5p, 10p moment, the training just kicks in. And that's why you get trained the way you do, because you can still think I still know all my weapons drills and I could take apart an SA80 blindfolded still now because that's the way you're trained. It's afterwards. That's the problem, because then when you come out of the training and you're not kept at that sort of environment, you know, that's when your brain starts to relax and start thinking about the things that you've done in the past. And then that's when the bad thoughts start coming in. But yeah, they, most people, that's the whole point of the training is you're supposed to, to follow orders without really questioning it, to be honest. They want you to be autonomous, but not too autonomous, if you if you will. Tricky, tricky line. We're not going to go down the did you kill anyone route. It's 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 a little bit like slowing down for a road accident and not that edifying for our viewers. After the break, though, I want to talk about the things that are bothering you. And I know you do a podcast, so you have a narrative. I'd like to talk about your narrative in a few minutes time. Uh, we've got Kung Fu Medic Matt uh, with us for this hour. If you've got calls and comments, then uh, like with Holly, who called in and fair play to Holly. You say, sorry, you couldn't resist. I'm really glad you didn't resist. It just shows uh, that we re really are what we say we are, which is an open forum for free speech. Uh, so if you've got calls and comments for Matt, who was also an NHS paramedic, just get them in now. I'll get as many of your comments as I can uh, here in these 40 minutes. It goes very fast. Uh, stay with us. This is the Limitopic Show on TNT. See you in a minute. TNT's Kate Shimarani. I'm of the, the belief that your body can totally 100% heal itself if you remove the offending things and you flood your body with what it needs. What do your dogs and your kids do when they get sick? They lie down and sleep, don't they? They don't want to eat. They get great big temperatures and they just want to rest. What, do you think you're a special, special snowflake? You're any different? No, that's you as well. But what do they want to do when you go to the hospital? I've seen it firsthand in the last couple of weeks. They're just going to serve you rubbish food, wheat, sugar, dairy, animal protein, tea and coffee, 
fluoridated, chlorinated, bromine, water, drugs, pharmaceutical petroleum-based drugs. Kate Shimarani on today's News Talk TNT. This is generally the view of people, oh, we don't know much about Assange. Well, you should know, because whether you know it or not, he is fighting for you. For your courage and leadership and tenacity in journalism and publishing. Since 2010, Assange has been held in progressively narrower, darker, colder and crueler spaces. He has been detained since the 7th of December 2010 in one form or another. And we are now here after years of imprisonment. WikiLeaks is a non-state hostile intelligence service. I think the man is a high-tech terrorist. A high-tech terrorist. A traitor, a treasonous. He has to answer for what he has done. Assange faces up to 175 years in prison for publishing classified documents exposing U.S. war crimes. The U.S. government narrative about Julian is a complete fraud. It is a complete fraud from A to Z. Julian took on the most powerful countries in the world, basically all of them. We now have confirmed that there were plans to kidnap Julian here in the center of London or even assassinate him. No one who instigated that illegal and immoral war has been brought to justice. But the great truth teller sits behind bars. If wars can be started by lies, peace can be started by truth. Julian Assange is a hero. What if everything we thought we knew about somebody was a lie? Would we be willing to go on a new journey of understanding? This is a story of deception, lies, bravery, and a man who risked everything to bring the truth to light. Mr. Assange shows all the symptoms that are typical for a person that has been exposed to psychological torture over a prolonged period of time. He looked at me intensely and said, I hate to say this. He then hesitated, visibly troubled and searching for words, and then he finally said, please, save my life. May future generations have the ability to speak without restraint. May our children and their children know truth and have access to information that leads to justice. Wherever Julian goes, free speech goes with him. If there is a bird that is about to take flight, stretch her wings and rule the skies, may it be a pista and no longer a bald eagle. If you think Assange is a traitor, he's a rapist, he's a narcissist, he's a hacker, I don't blame you because you have been deceived. And if you think you've not been deceived, that's normal because otherwise it wouldn't be deception. CO2 sustains all life on Earth, but now it's in long-term decline. We face the return of an ice age. We mandate that the truth be told. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. 
Welcome back. Just over half an hour of me, Lembertopic, on the aptly named Lembertopic show right here on today's News Talk TNT. Uh, we've got a fascinating guest, the Kung Fu medic. That's Matt, who served in the military. Really interested to hear his uh, biography from there. In a moment, we're going to talk about his experiences as an NHS paramedic at a very difficult time. One of the brave voices to speak out. Before we go into that, a few comments here. Uh, Holly, you've gone down very well with listeners and your fellow chatterees. Uh, I made that word up there. Uh, we Fat Shug says, uh, great to hear you, Holly. One day I'll call in and confound Lembert with my filthy accent. As long as it's only the accent that's filthy, that's fine. Holly says that her voice isn't great uh, because of the rugby yesterday. I watched the rugby. That'll mean almost nothing to anyone outside the UK, apart from Siv. I hope you watched those great games yesterday, uh, but uh, someone else, what an amazing recovery for England yesterday. I won't go into the sport again. Uh, Holly says that her tongue is her lethal weapon. Oh, it's a good weapon. Uh, question now for you. Oh, uh, one other thing from Holly. We must be in London on the 20th to fight for the release of Julian Assange. I shall be on public transport. Holly, that's when we shall meet then, because I will be there too. I look forward to meeting you, Holly, and anybody else who will be there also. Let's make TNT the vanguard, using that word again, I want to reclaim that word off the company, the vanguard of free speech for Julian Assange. Uh, question for you uh, uh, here, Matt. Uh, did you take part in the Iraq genocide, asked Jock Herra? Which one? Haha, <laughs> good answer. Were you, were, you, were you ever stationed in Iraq? No, no, my father did both. Uh, the first one, I was only 11 in the, because uh, I was born in, in 1980. So the first one was, I was too young. And the second one, um, I'd already left. But I know many, many people that served in both. And um, they will, um, they will agree that it was, um, it was all over oil, essentially. There were never no weapons of mass destruction. And they know that. And we know that. But I suspect, this isn't for now, but I suspect maybe Yemen's problem is it hasn't got anything in the ground that we want. So we can smash. So the rich, one of the richest nations on earth, can declare and run a war against the poorest nation on earth, uh, and nobody really cares except recently because it's caused us some trouble. Uh, let's move away from that though, because what's really interesting is your experience as a national health service paramedic in the UK, and you were quite outspoken. Tell us in your words what happened. Um, so I've been a paramedic since two thousand and ten, two thousand and eleven. And, and I was based in in the West Midlands uh, West Midlands Ambulance Service, where I was a frontline paramedic for about five six years, and then I went back to uni to top up my degree um, to then become a specialist paramedic, where I predominantly worked for doctor surgeries, um, doing see and treat, home visits, and telephone triage. And um, I was still working in NHS when when everything started in 2020, and I was uh, I was all kind of caught up in it to a to a degree. Uh, I'm not vaccinated, and I never did vaccinate anyone. Just throw that out there. Um, it, something seemed wrong at the start, and I can't, I couldn't quite put my finger on it. I was fast asleep, by the way, at that time. Um, you know, hence the military and everything else. But I very quickly woke up when when I started to see uh, what was happening, and it wasn't necessarily the symptoms of the jab or the lockdowns or anything. It was the 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 wiping out of people's consent and um, the we were just weren't we weren't following guidance well they say we were but we weren't following there was no ethics there was no consent there was no we, we, it wasn't medicine i don't know what happened it just got turned on its head um so i was still working as a as a paramedic at the time while all that was happening still going into the nursing homes um still seeing everybody locked in their rooms the nursing homes reeked of of death 
because uh, they were just, it was just horrendous. It was horrendous. And very quickly, I realised that this wasn't right. And um, then they started trying to bring in the mandates for the care workers. And that's when I I um, befriended the uh, NHS 100K um, group at the time that was starting to build up momentum to stop the mandate being brought in for the um, the NHS staff. Unfortunately, the carers got a really bad deal because they don't have such a good, uh, they're not under a governing body like we were. Um, so they got, you know, thrown under the bus. But um, but we 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 campaigned quite hard uh, on behalf of the NHS to 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 stop the mandates because that's not uh, that, what. Go on, sorry. No, I didn't mean to cut you off. But you just evoked a very big question for me. You say that you were essentially asleep as opposed to awake or uh, or aware of the danger of vaccines, as was I. I had three vaccines. The third one caused me to end up with pretty serious health problems. What was it that prevented you from getting a vaccination at a time when all of the pressure career-wise was on you to get vaccinated? So I've worked in the NHS long enough and in other jobs to know, and I've had enough complaints, I've had enough, I've had to do enough reports, I've had enough disciplinaries, I've had enough suspensions and all this kind of stuff to know that when collectively someone's trying to get you to do something all at the same time, all together, uh, I'm immediately suspicious straight off the bat. Um, I'd, I'd had to take certain um, vaccinations to join the NHS, hepatitis B, you know, and, and and I know the jury's out on, on all that sort of stuff anyway. But the difference is, is I wasn't being um, threatened with not being able to go to certain places if I didn't do this sort of stuff. Uh, for me, it was just very obvious to think, hang on a minute. If if when the government starts saying that they're doing things for your safety, then then they're lying because <laughs> the government generally <laughs> don't care about the safety. And I think we can all um, appreciate that now. Um, but if we look back at history, whenever the government has said, oh, we're doing it for your benefit. No, it's it's never been the case. And the way there was a switch in the NHS. All of the places were bringing in mandates, mask mandates, and they just all turned into little mini Hitlers. Um, and unfortunately, the NHS is filled with people with God complexes, massive egos um, and um, not very nice people, unfortunately. So they were given a, a a pedestal, if you will, to be even horribler or more horrible, should I say, because um, you give someone a tiny bit of power, clipboard and a hard hat and a high vis, and then they turn into, you know, um, little Nazis. So all of a sudden we were condemning people for not wearing masks and we were uh, we were eliminating people's experience, medical knowledge. Some people had studied for, you know, decades. That didn't matter. The government was saying this. And when the government try and play medicine, when they're not medics, then things, you know, there's a reason why we have specialities and specialists in certain in certain fields. So it was, um, it was, it was. And look at the state of all the government as well. They're not exactly fit and well. But what the main thing was for me is was while they were doing all these lockdowns, um, I was visiting patients who were on their own and they were no, they weren't getting visits from anybody, no carers, nothing because they're all locked down. And I saw the gradual deterioration in folk. Um, regardless of their vaccine status, just from, you know, not having interactions with people, not going outside. We didn't give very good uh, health advice for people at the start, you know, stay in the home, shut the curtains. It was the polar opposite advice we should have been giving to people, which again, got my suspicions up. The technology was new, um, despite what people say. We weren't following the normal procedures for um, new rollouts of medications and things. The guidance was horrendous. The Coronavirus Act 
was uh, bastardized part of my French from various different other acts that were thrown together. And when you look into the background of all of that, the whole thing very early on, if you just looked, was so nefarious and so obvious that they were trying to get us down a certain path. Um, and we're critical thinkers, those of us that work in the NHS, most of us anyway, that's our job. So when someone's pushing so much, it was a bit like Brexit, when so many people are trying to say to do one thing, part of you just wants to say, do the opposite, just because of the, the, just to be not a dissident, but you know, I don't like following the herd and never have. Um, so it was that kind of thing. And then when I looked into the technology more, uh, you know, I, my, my argument was, right, we're, we're telling our bodies to produce this spike protein, what are we doing to tell it to stop? And that was that was as far as it ever got. And I was a bit like, well, I'm fit and well. Um, you know, I'll take my chances with just getting COVID, to be honest. Uh, and that was my attitude. But it was just it just felt so obvious at the beginning that, that this wasn't right. It just smelt fishy. Um, and I always said at the beginning, the best thing to do is 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 the, the problem we had is people didn't have a lot of knowledge about basic biology, health and everything else. So it was easy for them to be succumbed by fear. So it was always a case of try and gain the knowledge or some knowledge because then you can't be manipulated with fear because you can rebuttal some of the stuff that they're saying. Um, somebody, and I, somebody I was spending a lot of, somebody I was spending a lot of time with, uh, during the lockdown, absolutely refused to get a vaccine, had to travel a bit, got heat and trouble for it, but said, I will not do that. And refused to wear a mask as well, actually, which essentially was a statement of intent. I feel, yeah that person she was right and i was wrong because i just took the vaccines and here's the irony uh matt i had covid or f what i would like to call flu <laughs> and uh it was not very good uh i felt really ill for a long time bad flu i'd call it but i recovered now correct me if i'm wrong you're a medical person if i've had it then i'll have some immunity to it and if i get it again i shouldn't be so ill unless i become very old or frail in a different way what was the reason to force people like me to ignore the nature of a hundred thousand years of human evolution and jam some stuff into my body. Well, let's answer your, your first point. I don't think anybody who took the vaccine was wrong. And we need to start changing the perception of that because at the moment we are facing a pandemic of people who can't admit that they were wrong. Okay but you were supposed to be duped. That was the whole point. You, you know, we were supposed to be manipulated psychologically, emotionally to take this jab. If you didn't have anyone you cared about, then they used other methods for you to take it. And when they start doing stuff like that, then that's a coordinated assault, in my opinion, to get someone to take a, a jab for flu, right? They took out every um, aspect of the fact that some of the general public actually have a relatively decent amount of intelligence and can make up their own decisions and that kind of thing. Uh, and we were being all treated with the same brush. The irony is the very group that we tried to protect, which was the elderly, had the least amount of deaths in it. So what we did was was wrong in, 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 in regards to that. But then there's, pre, there's, there's previous acts that state that quarantining has never worked unless you're quarantining those people with symptoms, not just positive tests. Um, but to go back to your initial point, it's this is where you need to be concerned because when the government starts taking a sudden interest in your health, but they're not actually giving you health advice, they're recommending a vaccine will cure it, that's wrong. And that is the problem with all of our medical um, establishments is they will treat the symptoms, not the cause. Um, 
And unfortunately, a lot of the time when you go to your doctor now, they know nothing about nutrition. They not, know nothing about healthy living. They say they do, but it will always be healthy living around a pharmaceutical intervention. So what, in my opinion, it was never about COVID. It was always about getting people vaccinated because then they can introduce the digital passports, the digital currency. And then obviously that then incurs the restrictions of travel and everything else that they tried to do. Well, they did. They restricted people's travel. So in my opinion, I and I didn't come to this conclusion at the, at the start. It, it, you just got to start thinking, well, hold on a minute. Medics and doctors and specialists have been shouting from the very beginning that this technology is dangerous and we don't know enough about it. Then we had the problems with the AstraZeneca and people actually getting vaccine injuries. And I've spoken to a few of them. Then they took that AstraZeneca off the shelf, but very quietly. And then they started saying, every, all the other vaccines are okay, but they weren't because the people I spoke to had reactions and deaths and problems from both. So when they're trying to, so the elephant in the room couldn't get any larger, literally the, the cheeks of the elephant's bum are on people's faces like this, because, you know, and, and it was getting to the point where as a medical professional, we have guidance so that you, you, it's a guide. It's not the law, you know, you, you can skirt around the guidance as long as you've got justification. But if you're starting to experience reactions and issues or signals would be the best word. If there's blips and signals in certain things and you're not addressing it, then you're ignoring it. And that was what was concerning me is when you spoke to people about, well, well, what is it then? This person has come back from, they're normally fit when they've got eight clots in their brain and five clots in their legs. What is it? Could it be the vaccine? It's not the vaccine. Well, what is it then? We don't know. Right. Well, if you're 100% sure what it isn't, you must have looked into what it is to come to that conclusion. But they weren't. And the problem is, is because a lot of these consultants have been working in the job so long, they've got crystallized knowledge and no one else can be right. Um, fossilized knowledge, how... perhaps. Fossilized yeah, knowledge, perhaps. Well, this is the thing. You know, we none of us know the long-term effects of mRNA technology. We've been trying to find ways of implementing it into other drugs, malaria, rabies. You know, they've not they've been messing around with this stuff for a long, long, long time. But I don't agree with with giving me a message, mRNA technology that will pro go into my cells, program the cell to create this spike protein, and then, then it cascades. Now they're telling us it's just isolated into the arm. They don't know because they didn't check. The autopsies that we've been allowed to do have said that they found it all over the body. So there's been lots of things that have happened throughout the course of the introduction of the jab that would warrant some investigation. And we haven't even discussed it. And that for me was a red flag, massively a red oh. flag. Hold that thought. Uh, I have to say, my analogy would be it, what they said to us about it staying in your arm is like saying you can put some dye in some clear water and expect it to stay in one corner of, of, of the beaker. Hold that thought. Lots of comments coming in as well. I'll share some of those with you in a moment. You're listening to the Lemotopic Show here on uh, today's News Talk TNT. And we're talking with a sort of whistleblower, really, somebody who's willing to have taken the path less traveled as an nhs paramedic never got vaccinated and tends to be backing up what i retrospectively and to my regret realize which is that the vaccines probably did more harm than covid uh, stay with us uh, see you in a minute give me a minute with tnt radio's steve malsberg last week christopher ray the head of the fbi testified before congress and talked all about the threat that china poses to us and it was downright frightening the ccp's dangerous actions China's multi-pronged assault on our national and economic security make it the defining threat of our generation. 
Now, when I described the CCP as a threat to American safety a moment ago, I meant that quite literally. There has been far too little public focus on the fact that PRC hackers are targeting our critical infrastructure. Seemingly everything we need to survive. Our water treatment plants, our electrical grid, our oil and natural gas pipelines, our transportation systems, and the risk that poses to every American requires our attention now. And get this, we even have a time frame for this impending disaster. The budgets that emerge from discussions underway now will dictate what kind of resources we have ready in 2027, a year that as this committee knows all too well, the CCP has circled on its calendar. Oh, we have three years to neutralize this existential threat. Don't you feel better? I don't. Thanks for giving me a minute. I'm Steve Malsberg. Catch my show Monday through Friday right here on TNT. Hi, I'm Smokey Bear, and I made an assistant to help you out because only you can prevent wildfires. Hey, Assistant Smokey Bear, call me Papa Bear because I'm grilling up dinner. <laughs> do you get it? Yes, good job. So what should I do with all these coals? Don't just toss them out. Put them in a metal container because those embers can start a wildfire. I understand. The stakes... Or high. Ha, 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 ha. See, Smokey thinks I'm funny. Limbit Opic. This is the Limbit Opic Show on today's News Talk TNT Radio. Welcome back to the Lampetopic Show. We've got a quarter of an hour to go. Quite a lot to pack in here. Lots of comments coming in before we go back to uh, the Kung Fu medic. That's Matt, who dared to stand up against the, the mainstream compulsion pressure to get uh, vaccinations, a pressure which I, to my eternal regret, gave into at the time. But then I wasn't on TNT at that point either. Probably would have had more courage now. Uh, a few comments. Uh, one is uh, to you directly, uh, Matt, you follow bad orders in the army. People die, says Jock. What's your response to that? Spoken like a, a true keyboard warrior. The thing is, is when you're in this situation, um, people need to appreciate, it's the same as the NHS in any job. Information is given to you that's required. That's it. So you, you're not always given. So when I was in Kosovo at the time, we would weren't told everything that we needed to be told. We were just told enough to do what we needed to do. So it's easy for people to sit there and say, you know, blah, 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 blah. You know, you, you follow bad orders. You don't know that I followed bad orders at all. You don't know what I got up to and what orders I followed in and out of the army. Your opinion is just that anybody who joins the army does bad things, but it's not. There's a lot of stuff that goes on in the army that people don't know about. There's a lot of stuff that happens that is good, but we're an army, you know? We have to do the difficult things. Otherwise, everybody, you could always join up, mate, and, um, and then see what the situation is like. But it's quite often, unfortunately, it's people like myself that have to live with those things because you don't realize they're bad orders until afterwards, because at the time you're doing what you think is right, which is what everybody else has done over the last four years with COVID. Yeah. Jock, join the army. Let us know how you get on and we'll have you on the show as well. 
I doubt with you, Will. Uh, but this is a debate that will continue. And Jock, you're perfectly entitled to ask that question. I've got major issues uh, about military service as well, but we'll go into that on another occasion, mainly because of what I saw in Northern Ireland, actually. Uh, uh, Madrid oh, says, the more we can wake up, the better. Yes, Madrid, uh, totally agree. Uh, we Fat Chuck says, most of the pe public are drones. They'll never see anything beyond their programming. Uh, Holly says, it's that dreaded telly box. And a couple of more here. Uh, uh, this one seems uh, uh, back to the military, but it's rhetorical. It seems like it's military operations to reduce the populations uh, carried out in conjunction with treacherous governments and corporations, uh, which implies intent rather than unintended consequences. And just one more, uh, which is uh, uh, Holly says farming very much on my mind today. Holly says do buy local. Uh, local farms had to throw away a million liters of milk because of one case of TB in the herd. Uh, why do we pretend that we are into sustainable anything when you can throw away a thousand tons of probably perfectly usable milk? Uh, uh, thanks for um, uh, just one more, actually. Um, uh, Lou says, not a single member of my family took this death uh, rubbish vaccine. Uh, from one from day one, I was so staunch. I looked my son's daughters and wife in the eye and said, "Under my dead body, it was the risk I took." And if I die tomorrow, my job at, uh, uh, as the head of this family is done. Uh, a lot of sympathy for what you're being you're saying here, Matt. A um, couple of questions for you then. What do you think has been the motivation for this global um, enforcement of untested or comparatively untested vaccines compared to how long they're normally tested? Uh, it's, a, it's a difficult one. Well, it, it isn't. It isn't. I think for me, someone said to me right at the beginning when I was going through all of this waking up process, and I know everyone can relate to this. You wake up, uh, you start reading everything. You want to save the planet. You want to save the world. You want to tell everyone what's going on. You get really excited, really keen. And then you realize very quickly that people aren't interested and it's, it's really difficult. Then you go into a bit of a depression then because you think I can't save everybody. Everyone's going to die. And then you kind of come out of that and realize that the whole thing is a marathon, not a sprint um so you need to take breaks because it's it's difficult they've been planning this this for for for, for you know decades a hundred years depending on what you read but for me as difficult as it was to accept because i work in health and i've been in the military and and, and all this kind of stuff so i've done very i've worked for the government the big man i found it difficult to to accept it but one of my friends said to me the sooner you start to realize that there is a, an agenda for if it's not depopulation for at least controlling our lives to an extent everything else made sense because all everyone keeps asking why 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 and then we keep putting off the obvious because they want to right we're never going to know the real reasons because they're not going to go by the way uh just giving you an fyi heads up we, we want to depopulate the planet so it's never going to be that obvious but if you start to realize well actually the government is not my friend they don't like us then that explains why we've been treated the way we've been treated because it, the evidence is out there that all the measures they put in place to try and protect us have actually had the, the opposite effect and we're still seeing those those um, problems now especially in the younger generation who were locked down um and saw lots of things that they probably shouldn't have seen um i know um abuse cases went up domestic abuse cases went up suicides went up you know everything went up nothing went down um and they would have known that this happened they've got a unit within the, the, the government called the um sage they've got behavioral psychologists in those groups why do you need that 
the nudge unit. I suggest you go look at the other the nudge unit, which is exactly what it says it is. It's a, it's a unit designed to psychologically nudge you in the direction that they want to go. Now, if there was a genuine pandemic and people were supposed to be dying on the floor, like the images that we got from China, you wouldn't need to be told. You'd see it everywhere. The hospitals, there'd be body bags outside. There'd be people dying in the street. You wouldn't need to consistently have the death count going across the bottom of the screen on the news to remind you that we're actually in a pandemic because most of the people that were in that pandemic didn't see anything. They may have had people that had uh, issues with COVID and things, but most of the people died because they weren't getting the treatment, the the the, uh, the attention and the time that they needed because there's a lot of people in the community already that are precariously on the knife edge, but because they've got carers and home visits and things, they're able to be managed at home. But as soon as that gets toppled, there's a lot of people that won't get the care that they need. And, and unfortunately they died, but they would go down as a, as a COVID death. So if someone's trying so hard to orchestrate something in a certain way or heard you in a certain way, I know we've got NPCs, non-player characters, so they're always going to be the majority in certain aspects. But we had people trying to speak out at the start, but because people were scared, decisions based on fear and not reason are very, very different. Um, and now people aren't afraid. They're now looking back at the decisions that they did make and think, oh, actually, that probably wasn't the best idea. But they were scared at the time. And that's that was what's supposed to have happened. So to answer your question, I think the overall thing is is potentially a, maybe not an overall depopulation per se, but at the very least, a, a controlling of movement and controlling of people. Uh, now, if that thesis is correct, and I have to tell you, I very much echo what you say in terms of the environmental uh, religion, which is used, the cult of the environment, which is used by world leaders in the East and in the smarter BRICS countries to hobble the ignorant world leaders in the West. Uh, if that's correct, what's the end game? Depopulation perhaps, but for what purpose when these people already have untold power? Because you don't become a billionaire from being um, frivolent with your funds. You know, they're not ones for donating money to charity. You know, you don't get you don't get rich for, for giving money to charity. They've all become rich for, 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 you know, for doing what they've done. And if you look into most pasts of companies, there's there's been some nefarious stuff going on all the time. But it's personally, I think they're not going to come out and say it. All right. They're never going to come out and say it. But you and I both know that there are those types of people out there that do take the mickey out of the system that do that that you can identify with the type of people they're trying to target right because there are some of those people that are less than nice human beings but that doesn't give them the right to do what they were doing or what they're trying to plan but for me it's always been they want to control our movements they want to keep us in a little box in your little in, uh, in your little cities out of the countryside so they can enjoy the, the, the benefits and the, the the luxuries of of you know having that and personally they're all narcissists and psychopaths all right because they wouldn't be doing what they're doing in in my opinion this is but then you, you have to look at their actions and what they've done all the social media platforms were all responsible for censoring people blocking people banning people youtube has been people off all these companies have drawn their line in the sand but we very co conveniently forget about this um, because that's what the psyche, the psyche does when it's been through trauma. It just likes to bury it away. Um, couple, couple, of comments, 
Now, a couple of comments here, just to give Jock a right to reply, but I don't want to go down this path. I want to stick to NHS. Jock says he's the one who said that uh, bad orders lead to killing people in the army. He says, oh, my key- so I'm a keyboard warrior then. So his response to these questions is to attack my character then. So I'm not sure he was attacking your character. I just think he was giving a, a, a brief reply. But we'll return well, to this on another occasion. Go on, briefly. I was just going to say, you know, you're assuming that we follow bad orders. So you, I could argue that you're attacking my character as well because you're assuming that I blindly followed orders of the military. But I understand where you're coming from. You're not the first person to say something like that. And how do you know that most of us ex-soldiers don't deal with that thing daily, is all I would say. Madrid says, I knew a kid who was in Iraq and he was given orders to hit a house as a target. And when they went in, it was just a family uh, at the table. Uh, let's not go down that path. I, it's interesting. I only do that for the because I always promise to give people a. a no, right no, no, no. It's fine. I just like to yeah, say, yeah. war is not a nice. Is is not nice. You, you have a thing called the Geneva Convention, which is the rule book of war. But that in itself, the whole thing is weird that you have a rule book for war. Uh, when you're actually in a situation like that, it's very, very different. But I, I do understand where people come from. But it's yeah. it's difficult when you've got yeah. rounds flying over your head to yeah. make sensible decisions. Sometimes. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to shut that down. I just want to. I've only got two minutes left, so I just want to ask you one more question. Uh, fundamentally, then, what should happen? What would be your advice, given that the state has tremendous control over us, uh, made to some extent better and worse by tech? Uh, what What would be your prescription for society to regain control? And these are the questions we need to be asking, right? We need to, you know, walk away from from what's happened in the last three years. We're aware of their tactics. I'd like to think if they tried it again, they wouldn't be as successful. I know the uptake is reduced as well, so people are becoming aware of what's going on. Might may, maybe not to the full extent, and they don't. It's hard for them to swallow everything, which is why when you're talking about this, you have to pitch your 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 your. your I don't want to say argument. You have to pitch at certain levels because otherwise you'll lose people. Um, so my get organized guys all right you need to start the the media's not your friend the government's not your friend your mps are not your friend we are on our own and we have been for four years and i don't know how much more stuff needs to happen you've got a president with dementia we've got four unelected prime ministers in our country the starmers the the replacement all of them uh, are, are not suitable to be doing what we need to happen as a nation it doesn't matter whether we adhere to common law, Magna Carta, whatever. It doesn't matter because if the government doesn't recognise it, it's not going to fly. So we need to become more organised and and I don't want to say disrupt, disruptive, but we need to become a, an organised collective where we can, can create smaller networks in towns and cities with a network across the country so we can organise concise protests, silent protests, mass non-compliance, because that's the way that they're going to listen. They're not going to listen to us protesting because in their opinion, that's just a pressure release system. You're not actually causing them any duress. If we all stopped paying tax, if we all stopped shopping at Tesco's, that would impact these people a lot more. If we all stopped paying for gas and electric, there's so many things we can do because this whole machine runs because of us, because we pay into it and we play into it. So it's always been about mass non-compliance, but organized mass non-compliance where we can affect them better. Circle MPs' houses. I know it sounds a bit intimidating, but what they did to us, they all let us down. None of them replied to us when we wrote to them during COVID. So they've let all their constituents down. So technically, they shouldn't be MPs anymore. But we need to make sure that they're aware of that because they live in such a different state of of, of reality because they're all narcissists. They have no idea how the common folk live. They didn't suffer the consequences of not being able to get food. They had a party. So they weren't afraid of whatever was going on. So what did they know that we didn't? So we need to bear in mind the way that we were treated by them and everyone else, the nurses, and not, not all the nurses, but those people, you know, so we need to become organized to the point where we can, um, you know, do something. 
Matt, thank you. Uh, that's a call to arms. I'll let you go and answer the door where no doubt the police and the Secret Service will be waiting for you <laughs> now. Re really appreciate your time. That is Matt, a call to arms, a peaceful revolt against the establishment. Uh, that's what TNT is all about, standing up for your rights. Well, my time's up. That three hours has gone very fast. Coming up next is Darren Denzo, DD Denzo, uh, and his first guest will be a Welsh farmer pushing back against government regulations. Holly, you have to stay and listen, a man after your own heart. I hope you've enjoyed the show. Really big thanks to my guests. Really big thanks to the studio. More than anything, a thanks to you. You make what this show what it is today. I'll be here next Saturday and Sunday lighting the fuse for free speech on TNT. That's today's news talk. Hope you've enjoyed the show. I'm Lemba Topic. This was the Lemba Topic Show.